Hi there, guys. Welcome to Group Sanzalas Podcast. I'm your host, Mestre Pedro, and this is our episode number 46. On today's episode, I'm going to be starting a new series where I will be, every now and then, sharing some of my insights. And uh, today I want to do, you know, I want to share my thoughts on teaching and what I think is the, the most relevant ideas. Um, you know, I, I started teaching in a, in a very early age in my capoeira development. And uh, you might find it surprising, but I, I, I find it quite challenging to put in a, in a linear and coherent way, you know, the way that I teach, because maybe, I don't know, it's maybe something that I always did and it came to me quite naturally. And uh, in order to, to pass to, to a student or to another capoeirista in a way that makes sense, I found it, you know, when I had to really sit down and think was, was quite a challenge. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. I, you know, I think that the first thing I would mention is read, read the student, read the situation. Just like you need to be a good capoeirist needs to read, you know, the environment that he is, the people that he's playing with, you know, this idea of always being alert and trying to predict what's the situation gonna come next. I think this is also a very important skill for a good capoeira teacher. Um, read your students, you know, figure out how they react so you can best pass on, uh, communicate, you know, or pass on an exercise, you know, like say, if you, for example, gonna do a workshop with a, a bunch of beginners and you have, there's only you there, you know, normally what I would do is I would try to figure out how the different students, how they react, who are the better coordinated students, you know, and, and I would do things like right from the beginning, like in the warm up, just rolling the arms backwards, you know, and then forwards, and then one each direction, and see how the students would react, who to get it right, who to get it wrong, those who get it wrong, how they, they would react to that as well. So I could figure out, you know, who I would maybe try to bring forward to demonstrate something, you know, and, and see that you could first deal with that, you know, extra attention of being there on the spotlight. So these are all little things, you know, and uh, if it's, if you're talking like in a regular class and somebody comes up to my class, I would always say, you know, try to, to do a little conversation, find out how he discovered the class, what is, you know, what he knows about capoeira, if he had experience. So, you know, it's, it's just a good way to, for you to, to understand where the students come from. I think establishing this, this uh, 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 always looking out, you know, and also in your class, sometimes you do something and you can see that the students are not picking it up and then you gotta try something different. You know, I started teaching, I think I was 16, and uh, actually before that, you know, before that I would be helping the, the beginners. And uh, what I was really interested about was why would some guys pick up and why some others wouldn't, you know? And I was always trying to, to, to understand that and try to find a way once I got a guy who was stuck, like how best I can find a way to, 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 to unstuck the student. You know, so you, you start paying attention in, in some patterns, 
you know and then you will realize that some people are more visual you know and if you explain too much the guys is not gonna get any better but sometimes you will will just look at it and pick it up you know so you just find that you, you start finding different patterns on how people learn and and uh, that also would help me on how I would you know proceed but uh you know reading the situation always also means that you should look at what you're doing and and hold yourself accountable in the sense that you know after one class did they understand are they is most of the guys picked up the the, the sequence you want to do and achieve in, in that class you know and that I think leads us to to the next uh, uh, idea which is plan plan what you're gonna do you know I was always somebody who didn't do that in the beginning I guess teaching for me came naturally and because I also start teaching just the beginners you know for quite a while and then I would help out in a class or two and then help out in workshops and then I had my own class and then I came you know I moved to Scotland where I was 90% of the time just teaching beginners you know and uh, people also from a different culture they had the language barrier you know and and uh, culturally as well slightly different from Brazil and um, so I had to you know gradually I was it was something in the beginning I always did normal you know well, first I'm gonna teach the gene I'm gonna teach a sequence you know and I would follow the schedule of you know going over the the bimba sequence you know I think the bimba sequence are something very like a classic move to 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 teach because in the simple you know the first three sequences they actually gives you some ideas you know first the basic idea you kick the other one squats but also the idea of the timing that you need you know the idea of distance when you do the negativa you have to you know should hook the base foot of the opponent and for that you have to do it at the right time at the right distance so you know the bimba sequence gives you know the very foundation that is really important and also uh, 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 it gives it opens the door for future moves like the takedowns that are very much more technical you know but I think those sequences really help to to instigate good reactions good reflexes in the student you know because it's kind of counterintuitive if somebody attacks you you want to go out and you know like the eighth sequence of Master Bimba that in my in my you know, it should have been the second just for the fact that you're gonna have to do the, the eighth if you do the second, you know, because when there is a Benson, you have to close in and get out of the way at the same time. So, uh, um, you know, you, you, that reaction, you have to build it up. You know, I think Capoeira is a lot of ideas you have to conditionate your reactions you know because some reaction like the safety you always try to go away and the idea is no you close in and get out of the way so you know plan what you want to do I think is, is really important because also there are moves that you're not gonna teach in a class so it's good to plan say like this class I wanna you know who you're teaching you know the level of the guys and you can have you know if you have a uh, a class with multi, you know, uh, more beginners, first time beginners and people that are 
already a little bit of experience and people who has a lot of experience. You got to have a plan for those three guys, three levels. You know, this is, is it important. And this for me came out naturally, you know, but uh, when I, I, I'm feeling, I mean, the reason of doing this is also because I think that there are, I have many instructors that would benefit from this. So, you know, because I feel that you need to challenge regardless of the level, you know, you, of course, you cannot do every single thing separately, you know, a part of the class, you can do the warm up all together. And then at some point you divide the class and you, you know, you have a plan for level A, level B, level C. But uh, there are other things that you're not going to teach in a class, but you can start, you know, uh, planting those seeds for those moves, mostly like more technical moves, you know, um, Vingativa, the takedowns, you know, you need a, a set of reflexes that you need to, to slowly, you know, put them forward in the sense that you can add a specific, like a hop ahead, you know, and you can put that in your warm up. Banda de Costa is another one. So these are moves that you're not going to teach a, a, a first, you know, a white cord or a yellow cord, but you can already lay those foundations and, and incorporate that in your warm-up in the sense that you are you are creating a certain reaction that you want the guy to to have but uh you are you know you don't even need to mention this is a vingativa training you just you just do it there and then at some point in the future you're gonna get it you know you're gonna the students gonna get it in a much easier way because you're gonna understand oh this is what i've been doing this is why i'm using that you know, I need that skill for. Same thing with, you know, in a way, hashtera, movements that you need a quick reaction. You need to know that's going to take some time for the guy to pick it up. So, you you know, it's good to to throw things along the class that you're going to need two, three months ahead. And uh, just, you know, knowing that there are challenging moves that takes time to, to, uh, 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 to master, you know. And that's why the regular, you know, practice to have this system where you're always going over the same ideas is uh, super important as well. The next thing is like you should, you know, also think about where you want your students to be within 10 classes. You know, you take it like a beginner and like, okay, in 10 classes, what does you want? What, what do you want them to do, you know, to have done? And of course, it doesn't mean that every class is a brand new class. You have to, you know, um, go over the stuff you did before and you always show a different idea. You know, every every class you can introduce new ideas, new concepts there, new moves, but uh, you're always hitting the same, uh, um, the same nails. You know, I think this is the idea of building blocks is so important, you know, and so this is good to hold yourself accountable. So you, you make a plan, say in 10 classes, I want to be there. I want to have done this much. And then you, after those 10 classes, you reassess. So, you know, you finish the class and you spend some time thinking, okay, so how are they doing? Obviously, like people are not linear, so they're not going to learn in the same pace. People are going to train in different uh, uh, routines. Some people are going to train more. Sometimes people are going to come once a week if they do. You know, and you just need to know 
how to deal with all this and take that in, in, in consideration. You know, some people are going to be training at home extra, you know, and, and uh, these are all ideas uh, that you need to just, I think it's like what I said before, is holding yourself accountable. You know, like, is that working 10 classes? Did I cover this? How much more? What are they having problems with? I think it's really good for you to, to ask yourself those questions, how effective your class has been and how effective after 10 classes you've been. So I, I, you know, thinking about this, you know, how to best, making sure also that I'm, I'm covering the, you know, we're talking about movements here, right? But uh, I made like a capoeira diagram, which, you know, it's basically, I'll try to show it here. It's like the, the jinga is on the center, like as a circle, uh, elliptic, you know, kind of, I don't even know the word. It's not real, real circle, round circle, but yeah, you know what I mean. And and the, at the center is the jinga, right? And all the, from the jinga, I, you know, this idea also comes from always you know since really very early age i was talking before i wanted to figure out why was the student getting stuck so i always try to think from the eyes of the student you know and then when i start teaching i try to make things as simple as possible simpler is always better and that also counts for events right so just make the the movement universe of a beginner very narrow you're gonna do this you give specific positions you know and i will repeat that i will hammer it in so i would you know i will explain in the first class for example i would explain the jinga position you know not necessarily show the jinga as a movement but i'll definitely show the jinga position talk about the relationship between the arm and the leg rehearse you know how the leg how the arms would move when the leg goes up you know and build in this idea and so all the kicks you know i was talking about the diagram and uh, all the kicks start and finish in the jinga right so the diagram consists of the jinga in the center the attacks on 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 above it you know and you as you can see it it goes into the idea of the jinga right the circle of the attack goes into the circle of Jinga. Below the Jinga, I would have the defenses because the, all the defense positions, they come from the Jinga. Uh, to the left of the of the Jinga, I would put the movement, you know, like in the, in the sense of moving in the space, right? You have to, and then I would describe a bunch of ideas. Okay, so you have, moving around, moving to the ground, you know, uh, you can move around also on the ground and, you know, just, just put different little movements that I would need to, to make sure that I cover. And what this diagram, and, and on the other side, I would have the, the acrobatic moves, right? And what this diagram did for me, it made it clear that I could have like elements that would list. You know, so the attacks I would do, okay, I would start with a uh, mea lua, then mea lua with armada, queixada, then I would work benson, then I would work martelo. And then the defense, I would start with cocorinha, negativa, then I would go over the three esquivas, you know, esquiva de frente, esquiva de lado, esquiva paralela. And, uh, you know, the same thing with acrobatics, like what's the first acrobatic that I would teach? Oh, maybe the au. Then, uh, you know, some ideas of handstand, 
going over the bridge, you know, showing the macaco. So it, this diagram, I think, it really helps you to make sure that you are covering the ground, you know. And uh, so I really, I really recommend you to 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 follow that, and you can put, you know, part on your plan. You can put what are the elements that you find that you should uh, uh, go over them, you know. And um, it really, it really helped me to making sure, you know, because it's natural that when you are teaching regularly that you have a natural cycle, you know. But when I start having different classes in different places, and then trying to bear in mind what I was doing with each class, because either they were in in different. Uh, um, I was teaching at, at different times, you know, one time my regular class would be two or three times a week, the other class in other place would be once a week, that kind of thing. So it would help me to, okay, what do I do next? And it really, really helped me that. So following the idea of the diagram, I would also have, apart from the bimba sequence, I would have some key, I have some key Angola sequence that I like to work and some other sequence that I think it's, uh, really helps dictate this natural, you know, from the simpler to gradually getting more and more challenging. So I would, you know, those sequence really make sure that the student is learning how to, to go to the ground and how to attack from the ground, how to sweep, you know. And uh, the other thing is also going back to this idea of looking through the eyes of the beginner is that you have to understand that the beginner, not necessarily, or the student wouldn't necessarily have your 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 body strength. You know, hasn't done the amount of exercise you've done, and this is something that I notice a lot, because in capoeira the class sometimes the the teacher or the master, the student or the instructor, sorry, he wants to show that he can do. He wants to keep a pace that is really amazing, but you know, if you take a class of people who comes twice a week, or a guy who has less than you know five classes in capoeira and you do like 200 negativa drop into negativa you know a hundred times it's very likely that you're going to injure the student you know so i think the safety in the classes is really really important uh, and the idea of safety is directly linked to the idea of conditioning you know you which for example you have to know the certain you have to know a little bit of about body physiology you know you gotta know what muscle groups are involved on each you know which kind of movements and you know if you for example if you want uh, to teach a handstand for for a student you have to know that the, if the guy is having problem when you 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 start showing up in a safe way you know putting a foot against the wall and be on your hands and then you can see you know the guy needs to have a a, a reasonably you know stretched shoulder you know if the guy came from boxing it's very likely he's gonna struggle on doing a handstand or doing a bridge just because the way that he's been moving for a long time it means that his muscles are much stronger on one side than in the other so you know this goes back to everything that i said before which is read the student you know read the situation try to 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 figure out why is you know is having a problem a certain move and also what do you need to do so like for example kadaji hins you have to build it up slowly you know you have to make sure that 
you know, and in a way also goes back to the idea of planning your class because when you say you want to do something is more, you know, using the upper body, using your hands on the floor quite a lot, then your the warm up of your class has to make sure it's engaging with those muscle groups, mostly the shoulders, you know, the arms, you know, making sure that you are you are you know, using your, your hands, that you engage with the muscles around your wrist and that you build it up slowly. You know, you cannot over-exercise the student because in the end of the day, if you don't prepare the muscle, you know, the whatever muscle group is negative, you have to, you know, introduce slowly this idea of being with the knee fully bent to be on a negative. So everything you have to do gradually and you have to know how you're going to introduce this to avoid the injury because at the end of the day, you don't want to injure your student. If, he's, if he hurts, he's not going to come back, you know, so this is, this is the main idea. The other side of safety is also to create, because a capoeira roda can be quite can be quite uh, um, uh, uh, scary sometimes, you know, if somebody who is more shy and it's kind of, it can be overwhelming. So I think that create an atmosphere in your hoda that, uh, um, you know, is, is full of positive energy, but also in the sense that the student, the first, mostly the beginner student, feels safe to go and try to do his movement. That he's not gonna be, you know, like basically you, you gotta look out for the students you have. You know, it goes back to reading this, knowing the students that you have, to make sure that the more experienced know how they should proceed with the beginners. You know, that they should instigate the students to move, for, so for them to feel safe. You know, a safe environment to start doing over the, the, the exercise he practice in class in the Hoda. You know, getting used to play in a Hoda, it's a massive important step. You know, the sooner the student goes in, the better. You know, and of course, sometimes the guy doesn't want to jump in, don't push, but you know, every now and then you try to funnel the student towards going to the Hoda. So it's important that you establish, I like to say to all my students, like, look, you don't sweep a yellow cord or a white cord just because I don't really, they are not ready yet to fall. You know, and if you sweep somebody who doesn't know how to fall, he's going to fall like a, a sack of potatoes. Most likely he's going to hurt himself and probably won't come back. So you want to you wanna give this idea to your students you know, and at, at the same time, you want to pass this idea to the, 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 the student to, for them to make, uh, understand that they are safe there. But having said that, you know, sometimes you have some students who are naturally trying out stuff. So it's important to, to, to make this, this balance clear. You know, of course, look, you guys are safe, but don't push your, your safety zone. You know, don't go too much after the guy because it's a communication of movements, you know. So this is... is uh, is all things that I, I think that are really, really important as well. Also, regarding the idea of safety, it's important that, you know, for example, if you're gonna teach how to sweep, the first you teach how to fall, you know, because chances are the students are gonna try to apply what you teach. So you, you gotta make sure that you give the questions, but also you give the answers, you know, and that you deliberate, you know, in which circumstance that is acceptable. You know, sometimes I felt that people will take you at literally at face value. So if you say, people said, oh, but you said once the capoeira 
anything can happen in Capoeira. Say yeah, I did say that. So I just, you know, slapped the guy. Say yeah, but I didn't say there wouldn't be any consequences from that. So it's very important that you make everything clear for the students to avoid, you know, uh, uh, misunderstandings. Uh, the other thing that I really like is to to work with the opposite sides of the movement spectrum, you know. And what do I mean by that? I mean this like. I always like to start, you know, when I, I talk about describing the gym, I say, look, try to make a movement big. Because once you make a movement big, once you know what it is to be big, it's easy to make it smaller, you know? And I think that the opposite, the really practice idea, it really helps your movement as a whole. So, you know, if you want to go fast, you should be able to go slow first, you know? And if you're going slow, uh, why? Because if you if you can do the movement that is you know a stretched armada and you can do really controlling your leg all the way to the jinga, it means that you can do it at a massive speed and control. Because when you go, sometimes naturally you will hide your lack of balance in the speed, but you don't have the control yet. And then you know I think that practicing movement slowly and clear is really uh, uh, a good way to go on about it. You know. And uh, so I really like like working a big, working small, working slow, working fast. You know, also like the idea of rhythm. Naturally, the student, if you if you do this exercise with a beginner class and you say, okay, guys, you're gonna move according to the rhythm and you play the pandero in a certain speed, then you slow it down, then you speed it up. What I notice is that the tendency for the students is always to move more or less in the beginning at the same speed. So you really have to really slow things down for the student to understand the ideas of timing, of distance, of, of uh, the perception, right? Of being able to understand what he's doing so he can pay attention to what his partner is doing, right? And uh, also leads to this idea uh, I really like, which, which is to reverse engineer, you know? any movement or a sequence. So, for example, I talked about armada, you know, to do armada with your legs stretched really slow, it is hard, it's not easy. So how you go on about it, it's like, okay, so if you if I'm teaching someone, I will just simplify it. I say, look, still do it slowly, but instead of stretching the leg, just bend your knee. And when you bend your knee, it means that you can balance your leg easier, you know? So you just, and, and this idea of breaking it down, break it, you know, Reversing in here, but you think about where it should be in the beginning, where it should be in the middle, where it should be in the end. And this idea of breaking it down really, I think it helps the student to, to understand, you know, and that leads to the final and I think most important, which is that the communication is key, you know, and, and I think also involves the idea of storytelling because in a way, it is you telling a story, you know, how you describe the Jinga, you know, the Jinga is the foundation. Why is he at the center? Because there are some mobilities, even with your feet on the Jinga position without moving, you have this mobility of going backwards and forwards, the way shifting more to one foot and then to the other, and also to go up and down. And that mobility, the way that I describe, you will be used on the movements afterwards. So everything that I use in, in the way in the language that I describe the movements, it, it is reinforced, 
in the future, you know? So I described the gene in the first time. Afterwards, like a year later, I'm still gonna be using the same language to, you know, to describe the movement. And that makes uh, uh, the structure of your teaching, I think, clear to the student. And uh, it just shows that your structure is, is there, you know, and the student can, and, and also is you, not just to the student to learn the movement, but him to understand the logic behind it. And then he can create his own movements. You know, like the idea, of course, you want him to learn the sequence, but you also want him to, how he can experiment, you know, like how many ways can you kick two kicks? You know, queixada melo de compasso, how many ways can you do it? You know, and, and have this, this, this approach that instigate the, the, the creativity on the student. I really believe, because we have this debate, oh, should we do something like, oh, just like, look guys, just feel the energy and go and do a lot of this. And, you know, you focus a lot on how it feels or you do, you know, my line of work is more on the line of like, okay, this is the position here, repeat this. And then I widen a little bit the horizon of the student. Now do this, now do that. So I really believe that the best way that I saw the best results is, is to make a, a, a like a, a frame where the student goes from, grows, you know? And of course, at some point in his development, he'll be able to outgrow the, the, the frame that you, you built for him. You know, but those foundations are, are super important for him to eventually deconstruct all this this structure that you create. But that 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 structure, in my opinion, is is really important. You know, and it's not a a, a structure that will tighten the, the the guy or avoid his growth. No, I think it's 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 just a way that tries to describe movement in the best possible way, which goes to the idea of, uh, of talking, you know, the way you describe and why I think it's so important. So, you know, I think that that's most, most uh, uh, of what I think is, is important. Um, you know, you paying attention on this, on the detail, but at the same time, try to think about what you're covering on your classes and how your students are going. You know, I think it's always good, you know, if you have a, a master to always reach out or if you have somebody who can give you a feedback, always go and ask, oh, what do you think of this? I'm having issues with that, having issues with this. I think it's really good to, to, to go for a, a feedback as well. And, uh, you know, in the end of the day, like I said, it's, it, you gotta make sure that what are you doing is having an effect and and you have should have should be the guy who who is always searching for better answers you know i was always i wasn't i always like to 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 think i'm pragmatic you know if i find something that works i incorporate into my class and i'm not you no know, like not dogmatic at all it's like oh this were oh that's a nice exercise oh this is fun like always being open to to new influence i think it's it's uh, it's the best way to, to go about it but that's it guys i hope you guys enjoy this and uh, let me know your thoughts and uh, share with your friends you know subscribe to the channel and uh, i'll see you guys in the next episode valeu Axé.
Thank <laughs> you.